we do often describe the Honors College as a kind of best of both worlds experience here at the University of Maine, where we offer students the kind of classroom experiences that you might expect to get at a small liberal arts college in the context of a really extraordinary research institution. That's Ellen Weinauer, Dean of the Honors College at New Maine, giving us a pretty good synopsis of the Honors experience at the University of Maine. I'm Ron Luznet, and this is the Maine Question Podcast. The Honors Program at New Maine is one of the oldest in the country. Now known as the Honors College, it involves some 800 students who take in the Honors experience along with their chosen major. They spend two years in what's known as the Civilization Sequence, studying and discussing classic texts like Plato's Republic or Frankenstein, for instance. They experience the arts and other creative endeavors that set them up for doing an honors thesis by their senior year. Sounds like a lot of work. So why do these students sign up for honors? Well, the small class sizes and lively discussions are a big draw. Many of the classes actually count towards the general education requirements all UMaine students must meet. And the honors thesis allows students to deeply explore what they're passionate about while fulfilling the capstone experience that many UMaine students undertake before graduating. Beyond that, the honors community is tight-knit with a supportive atmosphere that many students find appealing. To find out more, we gathered a roundtable of sorts, including Dean Ellen Weinauer and four current honors students. They'll identify themselves as we get started so you know who's who. And as we ask the question, what is the Honors College experience like at UMaine? Thank you all so much for joining us here. We're in Colvin Hall, the home of Honors College, and uh, we appreciate you guys all taking the time. Maybe we should go around and have everybody introduce themselves, your name, your major, and where you're from. So go ahead. Yeah, my name is Laura Chern, and I'm a senior mechanical engineering major, and I am from Bow, New Hampshire. My name is Hope Carroll. I'm a third-year communications major, and I'm from Portland, Maine. All right. My name is Ruth Griffith. I'm a first-year economics major, and I'm from Parkman, Maine. Um, I'm Alex. I'm a fourth-year honor student uh, majoring in biology. I'm from Rockland, Maine. Okay. And my name is Ellen Weinauer, and I get to work with these amazing students in my capacity as Dean of the Honors College. All right. And we're going to adjust that on the fly so we get a little better sound there. See behind the curtain here. So, well, thank you all for coming so much. We appreciate it. So, uh, maybe just set the set the scene for us. Give us the big picture. The Honors College. It's often described as sort of a smaller liberal arts experience within the larger university. So, so give us the the cocktail napkin pitch. Why, why is there an Honors College? What does it bring to the table? That's hard to do in a in a cocktail party pitch because there's a lot to say about it. But. Um, the first thing to know is that the University of Maine has supported honors education for a really long time. We are one of the oldest honors programs in the nation. We were established as a program in 1935, which was very, very early. And the idea of an honors college program or college, and we became a college in 2002, so we've been a college for 20 years. Uh, the purpose was essentially, it's designed to uh, bring students to institutions of uh, public, I should say, higher education institutions, and offer them the kind of education that you might get otherwise, that you might have to pay a lot more for at a more elite private institution. So the idea is basically to provide a kind of amplified, amped up education um, at a public institution. And that both draws 
uh, really, I think, highly ambitious, highly curious, and high achieving students to public institutions, but it also helps them cultivate their talent um, at a fraction of the price what you might pay at, a, at an elite school. And the honors program and then college here at the University of Maine has been doing that now for 90, almost 90 years. It's pretty extraordinary. And then we do often describe the Honors College as a kind of best of both worlds experience here at the University of Maine, where we offer students the kind of classroom experiences that you might expect to get at a small liberal arts college in the context of a really extraordinary research institution. So students have all the benefits of those really intimate learning experiences that emphasize engagement and dialogue and conversation and very close mentorship with professors, uh, and they get to do that in the, and while also taking advantage of, of those research opportunities and creative opportunities that a comprehensive research institution will provide. Now for any of you that are in the program now, just talk about, is that sort of what drew you to this? Why, why, are, you, why are you here? Why did you decide to do it? Maybe start here. Yeah, I really enjoyed the concept of the Honors College because you get, uh, at the end, you get to do your thesis project where that kind of sets you apart from everyone else when you're going into the industry because not a lot of people have had the full experience of going through an independent research project over a year-long process and then defending it against your superiors. So it's kind of interesting to be able to experience that before I graduate. How about for you? Yeah, I would say something that really drew me to um, becoming a part of the Honors College was the opportunity to connect with professors um, in a meaningful way. I think that coming into college, you have this idea that you're gonna be in like huge lecture rooms and that really scared me. So I think that um, being able to have these classes your freshman year um, with only like 12 to 15 students and being able to have those um, conversations and the connections with the students and the professors was really what drew me to the Honors College. Similar experience here. Just talk about what drew you, you folks. Yeah, I agree. I very much wanted to have professors who would know like my name and my story and my interests because I feel like my education will just be so much better when I make those connections. And for honors, I admittedly also was very interested in the dorms because <laughs> they're um, a much probably quieter space than more traditional dorms. And also the community of people who are in honors is just fantastic. Yeah, we want to get to the community piece for sure. How, how about for you though? What what drew you to to sign up for this? Um, I it was the housing originally. That was my only reason I came. Um, but then I stayed for all the reasons yeah. we said already. Um, and really, just the texts that we read. I'm a person who needs to be forced to read. Otherwise, I won't really do it unless I have plenty of time, um, which I don't hear. So it was really nice to read those, um, just because they shaped my worldview and the way I just see people all around me. Great. Ellen, maybe you can give us a bit of a rundown of the Honors College experience. There's the first two years are different from how the, the program ends. Uh, so you have, you know, studying the classics, you have the thesis, you have your junior year to get ready to do your thesis. Uh, what are all the nuts and bolts? Yeah, you've sort of described it. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we are actually in the process of, of thinking about the curriculum in a really broad sense. But the, the, the curriculum we often think of as developmental. So in the first couple of years, students are going to um, encounter a lot of the texts that Alex has just mentioned. They're going to encounter works of literature, art, philosophy, science, pieces of music. Uh, and they're going to 
discuss the ways in which those uh, texts um, or works of art evoke questions about what it means to be human, ethical questions, questions about history, about how human community works, about difference, about forging um, uh, alliances across conflict. They're going to learn how to tolerate ambiguity uh, because one of the things that we try to teach students, which is I think a great skill in life, is to inhabit places where you're not certain about things. You're not reading. You're not reading to basically say this is what Plato absolutely intended and memorize all the things about it. You're you're you, you're encountering those texts to really wrestle with the ideas that you're evoking and to realize that. You know, if, if, if you, you know, Lara and Alex may approach these texts entirely differently and respond to them differently and to, to, to uh, synthesize that information to, or those perspectives and to, to learn how to challenge one another in ways that are respectful, that's really important. Those are important skills, both, uh, I would say, academically, but also interpersonally and emotionally. And so for the first couple of years, we're really hoping students are going to develop a lot of habits of, of both um, sort of academic scaffolding. They're going to learn really good critical thinking skills, writing skills, uh, but also they're going to they're going to learn how to collaborate with one another and how to work through difference. And those kinds of both uh, personal and uh, and sort of civic and academic skills are then going to set students up then for the transition to do the, that deeper work that is the, the the thesis research that that Laura has already alluded to, and so we really see the thesis, which is essentially a project of research, scholarship, or creative activity that is driven by the student, that is mentored by a faculty member, that should be something about which we hope students are passionate, that they feel deeply about, um, and, and it, it, they become knowledge creators. And so in the first couple of years, we're teaching them how to have the confidence and the academic skills that will set them up to, to, to progress toward that. So that's the curricular piece, but there's so much else in honors that, uh, that, that we want to do. We want to give people co-curricular students our co-curricular experiences. We want to give them community building experiences, civic engagement. So the curriculum is just a part of it. Um, it's a community. A hundred percent, right. When, when, when I talk about the honors college to prospective students, I point out that they're not going to hear me talk about grades. They're not going to hear me talk about test scores. They're not going to hear me talk about achievement. They're going to hear me talk about uh, coming into a supportive community of intellectually engaged and academically curious people. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that the large lecture classes that many people assume is what the bulk of a college experience is all about, but the, it's totally different. You, mm -hmm. you know, a dozen students are debating, talking about yep. uh, some of the classic texts. Um, so you have to put your opinion out there and it might not be accepted by everybody. Can you guys talk about sort of the give and take? Did you sort of learn to defend your own position or see somebody else's point of view? How did What, what did that experience do for you? And anybody wants to jump in. Yeah, um, I think I just want to um, go with the um, civilization sequence. Those first two years, you read a bunch of texts, but you're also in those small like groups of 8 to 12. Um, and you're seeing the world in different perspectives through the author, through the text that you read, but then also through the interpretations of your other students um, that you are reading them with. Because you're in these very small personal groups um, and you get to really 
learn um, a whole di diverse array of perspectives and um, interpretations of the text, which I was very thankful for. Um, and that definitely helped me see, get more value from those texts than if I had just read them on my own. Did you learn debating skills and, and you know communication skills? Yeah, a lot of the preceptors actually have student-led discussions at least once a week where we come prepared to lead a discussion instead of being led by a preceptor, which is really interesting because you through those questions you see what other students are thinking of and we've gotten into a lot of debates in the Civ sequence about whether someone's interpretation makes sense or not, or how we feel we believe on specific political stances, especially when we're able to tie our texts into current events. It's very interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, and then piggybacking off that, I think it's also really interesting because everyone is coming from a different major. Mm -hmm. And so these are classes that you don't see in your regular major. Um, so you get all these different perspectives um, on top of you know um, previous experiences that all students have had. Um, and it makes for a really interesting conversation that you don't really see anywhere else. Are you all better at, uh, you know, forming an opinion and, and defending it and, and, you know, having that give and take? I'm currently in the civilization sequence right now, so I haven't reaped the full benefits. But I feel much more confident sharing my opinion. And I feel also very open to hearing others' opinions that I probably don't agree with. Um, and I feel that I want to understand why they're thinking that, and I can because we came from the place of like all reading the same text, which I love. And in this world right now, I mean, that, that sort of give and take is, is pretty rare, right? Yeah. You know, Ron, one of the things that you've, you've used this, the, the, the concept sort of defending your position a couple of times, and I actually think that's not really what it's about. It's really about sort of discovering positions okay. and discovering your own and, um, I mean, I think sometimes it's about sort of someone challenging your formulation, but the goal isn't essentially to learn how to debate. The I would say, and, and I would love to hear from you guys about this, but I would say the goal is to learn how to converse and how okay. to really engage deeply and recognize that it's not about winning an argument, it's about enriching and deepening your understanding of something. You may leave with the same position or interpretation of a text that you came into the class with. Uh, but the goal, I would say, isn't necessarily to persuade everyone else to think the way you're thinking, but rather to inhabit a place where, and I'm so glad Hope brought up the fact that that, that, that it's there are all sorts of different majors. I mean, we've got four students here. They, they're all in different majors. Um, we represent in the Honors College, the current uh, Honors population represents 72 different majors. And that's sort of extraordinary. It means that you're, you're rarely going to be in a class with more than a couple people who share your major. Maybe not ever. And so, again, that kind of... Um, diversity of perspective and point of view the the which is you know that that the diversity of the the intellectual ecosystem really of an honors classroom is really i think the one of the richest features um so does that make sense to you guys this oh, yeah. idea that it's yeah. not about sort of defending but more about yeah. unpacking and discovering and peeling back the layers and yeah ellen i think and honors you kind of mentioned like trying to win your debate. I think really the winning in the honors 
situation is when you are able to understand how people that have a completely different perspective on something, how they were able to form that perspective from reading the exact same text that you did. I think that's really where you win in the context of those yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. Maybe a, a poor choice of words on my part. No, no, I but, no, but, it's I think that's really and I, I didn't mean to contest no, it, no, but no, not at all. but I think I think often we think that that's what happens in classes where you're discussing things, is mm -hmm. that it's about coming in from a position and learning how to how to debate it. And sure. I, I think that I love what you just said, Laura, which is that, that, that winning comes becomes something very different. Yeah. yeah. You learn that there are shades of gray in everything. That's right. Yeah. 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 And, and talk about a moment in time when shades of gray are important. Right. right? When, and, and maybe that's partly why I, I, I sort of jumped yeah. on that, because I do think that in an atmosphere where there's so much polarization um, and people sort of stake their positions... I think the Honors College is really about unstaking positions and right. and um, and discovering what you think and why you think it. And so. finding some common ground. Yes. Yeah. 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 So let's talk about the thesis. Um, you're, you're not there yet, right? No. But, but you guys are. So talk about um, what you chose and, and what the thesis is all about for you uh, as you sort of wrap Don't up panic, this experience. Yeah, I can, I can start. So I actually finished my thesis last year, so I can kind of talk about the whole process oh, okay. in full. So first, when coming up with a topic, it was really an open discussion with professors, and I had landed in a similar research realm that I had already been working in, where I did a lot of work in additive manufacturing on a large scale with novel concrete reinforced materials. So where that went for me was pretty much the first semester you spend doing a lot of research and in my case designing and prototyping. And then your second semester is really putting together everything. But a thing that's usually overlooked by the outside population is your thesis defense isn't just the thesis. You also have a reading list where you compile 12 to 15 texts that you feel represent who you are as a person and how you've grown over your past college experience. And that is a really meaningful and self-exploration exercise where you can really learn a lot about yourself by thinking about texts that you've read and, that, and experiences that you've had, even from textbooks that have changed you to an experience that you had. You're able to reflect on that through the honors thesis process as well. Hope, where are you in the in the thesis uh, curve here right now? Um, I've definitely started to think about it. Um, I took the intro to thesis class last semester, which everyone has to take um, before they start their thesis, and that really got me thinking about like starting the process because you have to have an idea um, by the end of your junior year. Um, so I was able to find a position on a research team um, on campus that I plan to use uh, for my thesis in the fall. How about for you? Where, where are you on the, on the continuum? In, in the panic zone. Yeah, in the panic zone for sure. Um, I'm just now starting to write it. Um, I've got a month-long sprint for that. But I think what I am most thankful for the thesis is, similar to the civilization sequence forcing me to read, um, this really forced me to um, reach out to professors and find a research opportunity, um, forced me to create my own research, um, something I would not have done otherwise. Um, and I, while I don't feel this yet, very much not so, um, when I finish it, I know that I will feel accomplished and proud of um, my degree because I, it's, it will act as my capstone experience. Um, and I think that I could have done like a group paper or something less, um, less grand, a lot less work for sure. Um, 
but I, like right now, I it will I will be thankful that I did such a big project to really say, yeah, I did four years at UMaine, and I, yeah, I have a degree now. Right. And what was your topic, your research topic? Um, it's on ticks and soil pH and this fungus. Yeah. Okay. Bye. <laughs> and, and what was your research topic? Um, I just got onto a research team on campus, and it's called the Gateway to Success. Um, and there are a bunch of different professors throughout the university from different disciplines that are working on creating a course for TAs and working towards a more collaborative and communication-related, like, for TAs to talk to students. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm going to focus on how teacher communication can impact student retention and success. And all this, all this is to come for you, right? Yeah, so in my classes, I'm in the Civ Flourish sequence, which kind of gets me thinking about um, the thesis a little bit earlier. So right now, as far as I've gone, is just defining generally what I'm interested in and the steps that I'll need to do in order to research that. I'm interested in agriculture, so as an economics major, I'm hoping to kind of combine that interest with my discipline and do something related to sustainable ag. Right. Now, Ellen, for a lot of these students that graduate are going probably on to grad school in, in one form or another, but they, they've already sort of had a, a, a sort of a grad school experience even before they finish their bachelor's. Yeah, I'm looking at Laura, of course, because Laura is going straight to, you know, Laura had a, had a couple of job offers in uh, to her. She's going straight into into actually the workforce, right? Working for Procter & Gamble coming up. Yeah, I must say the um, honors thesis experience, I was originally planning on going for my PhD and through the self-reflection process that I went through, I realized that now wasn't my time for grad school, which I think is also a really valuable lesson to learn because it may not always be exactly what the staff in the honors college wants to hear, but I kind of learned that the research isn't necessarily where I want to go in my next path, and it was really valuable to be able to learn that in undergraduate instead of going through and starting grad school and then failing there. So I've learned that it, while I enjoyed it in my undergrad, it's not what I wanted to do full-time moving on. And I don't think that's something we wouldn't want to hear. I think that's something that, that would be is a, an absolutely fantastic outcome because it taught you about yourself and what you... Yeah. And we I, one of the things that I want to... The reason that I sort of drew Laura in is um, I think oftentimes people think, well, I'm not going to go to grad school, so why do I need to write a thesis? But, but my... I would like to suggest that there are a lot of value-added skills from, from doing that, that kind of work, that whether you're going to grad school or into the workforce or into you know, the Peace Corps, you've learned a variety of things, including things about yourself, you've learned how to, how to collaborate, you've learned how to take criticism, you've learned how to push through moments where you're, <laughs> you know that there's a month-long sprint. Um, and one of the things, uh, Hope mentioned that she's on a project um, that, that's sort of thinking about student success and retention. Uh, the, the, one of the, in higher education, there's a, they sometimes call them HIPs, they're high impact practices. And one of the things that's very clear is that undergraduate research is one of the highest of the high impact practices we can have students engage in. There are direct correlations between students' engagement and undergraduate research and their, their success, their persistence and success in, in college. And interestingly enough, those, um, uh, those benefits accrue across demographics and are even 
and, and are even strong, more strong for underrepresented populations. Uh, so we, you know, lots of research suggests that that has to do with the personal relationships and the stake in the education that students are getting. But one of the things that I'm most excited about here at the University of Maine is the development of, of the research learning experiences in the first year and trying to kind of close that loop between the first year experience and the capstone experience, or in our case, the thesis experience, is one of the things that the Honors College is, is, is thinking a lot about. And that's why when Ruth talked about her unusual experience in the first year class, it's because we're trying to make some curricular moves to build research into the Honors experience earlier on. Right. Can we talk about Hurricane Island? I, I hope you can. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, go for it. Um, so yeah, let, let's oh. set this up. So that is, uh, well, you, you tell me what it is. What, what's the Hurricane yeah. Island experience? So the Hurricane Island experience. So the University of Maine has a lot of different experiences that first years can go on, where a few days before school starts, you're brought off campus for an excursion. Um, the general University of Maine ones, you may go hike Katahdin or go do something else just to bond with your teammates. The Honors College has their own, where you get to spend three days serviceless on Hurricane Island right before you start school, where I believe I went with around 20 of my peers, and we got to spend three days on the island learning about the sustainability practices that they have and experiencing amazing things that I don't think I'll ever experience again. And then when you come back and return, it's actually a peer facilitated class where two of your fellow undergraduate students run the class. And then you do a semester long community service project with a smaller group within the class where you get to experience, now you take what you learned about the community service atmosphere on Hurricane Island and you get to implement it in your own town. I worked with Hurunda Wildlife Refuge through mine and I've continued that partnership through my college career because I enjoyed it. And I've seen pictures, uh, we've seen pictures and video from uh, Hurricane Island. It looks spectacular. Yeah, I've yet to be able to experience it, so I need to get out there and right. build a raft with night. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. Ruth, did you go? Um, I have been to Hurricane Island, not through the Honors College, okay. though. Okay. So a lot of students may think that deciding to participate in honors is going to add a ton of work to their already loaded schedules. Um, I, I think you're probably ready for this question, but to talk about how does this fit into a student's regular major and coursework? That's great. Uh, a great question. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all queued up for it. For one thing, the, the, the many of the courses that students are going to take in the Honors College are they substitute for a large part of the general education requirements here at the University of Maine. So they're not extra. They're not extra. Right. Uh, the thesis, unless it's replacing the capstone, a couple of the courses do are are credits that are necessarily not necessarily satisfy. They're not necessarily satisfying other credits for the Gen Ed, for example. But every major on this campus requires electives. And so you're not, it's not 120 degrees, plus, sorry, 120 credits plus, right. um, you know, this many honors credits. The, the honors credits would, would fit into that larger degree plan. And, um, you know, just the difference between taking a class of 15 and a class of that might be, you know, a lecture that might be 200, it's different. I mean, you, you, you can't hide for one thing. It's, I think it's both a mo more rewarding intellectual experience, but it can also sometimes be a little bit more, I mean, it's, it's um, you have to take ownership 
of it a little bit. So we often say it's not more work, but it's different work. But I'd be curious what the what the students have to say. I would say that. anyone that is interested enough in the Honors College to be listening or watching to this has the grit to do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How about for you guys? Did it seem daunting or, I mean, you got to put yourself out there a little bit more than you might ordinarily do, right? Um, completing Honors College definitely seems daunting to me. I've only finished my first semester so far, so I have a long way to go. And I'm also considering graduating early, um, which kind of tightens up the time frame. But I came into college with all of my gen eds um, satisfied already. So I don't receive that added benefit of the Honors College um, helping me do my gen eds. But I still think that it's definitely a worthwhile experience. And for my major, the capstone is replaced by the honors thesis, which does help out. Um, and I believe my third year honors courses will be substituted with research as well, if I choose to do so, which will just be a really great opportunity. Great. Anybody else thoughts? I didn't find it to be too much extra work. Um, if anything, I thought the reward that I got from it was definitely worthwhile. Like, her, I had most of my um, my gen eds satisfied, so it didn't really count for anything like that. But again, what I got out of it was definitely worth my time. Yeah. So let's circle back to the community thing because uh, that we started talking about that earlier. But it's it's more about everybody taking classes together. There's the Hurricane Island experience. There's community service projects. There's getting together for painting pumpkins and going paddling. Toast. Toast. Yeah, why, why not, right? Um, and, and you have housing here in Colvin Hall and Ballantyne and Esterbrook or just Ballantyne? Oh, no. There are four. Uh, Penobscot Hall, we call it the BSEP complex. Okay. Penobscot. Wait. BSEP. Ballantyne. Right. Colvin. Colvin. Esterbrook and Penobscot. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. With Penobscot being mostly uh, first-year students with some first-year students also in Ballantyne and then uh, upper division students, a uh, smaller number of students live right here in Colvin on the second and third floor, and then in Estabrook, where apparently there are deluxe single rooms in Estabrook, I hear tell. Is that where you are? Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, but if you guys can just talk about the community, I mean, you have students that you've gone through this whole experience with. How important is that to the to the whole? You should have set up some microphones outside when we first saw each other. The four of us, I mean, beside Alex and I, we didn't know each other before this. I haven't seen Alex since first year. So we were all chatting right there. It's kind of once you're in an honors situation, it's very easy to flow the conversation. It's just kind of a bond that you all share. Right. So for, for all of you, how do you see making this effort and doing this experience, what, what is this experience going to do for you, not only to get through your, your college experience, but down the road as you go into the workforce or do whatever you're going to do? Any yeah, I would, I would say like it really brought me out of my comfort zone and being able to have different conversations with all different types of people. That aspect has really um, given me a lot of different opportunities and I've seeked out a lot of different opportunities yeah. after being in the Honors College because they really encourage you to do that. Um, and that's definitely not only benefited me in college now, but I can see it really benefiting me in the future as well. Anybody else? Yeah, I think it's so far helped me to understand more of what I'm actually passionate about and what I want to do in the future um, and in the workplace, like what type of job would I enjoy doing. And then research-wise, I think that it will help me 
do a research project that I care about and that helps my community, which is something that I would want to do even if I wasn't in honors, but it will just make it so much more feasible. Give you some which, tools to really do that yeah, well. Which I think would be something that I will do like almost for the rest of my life if I can. Yeah, um, and for me, I think that the amount of writing that we had to do, um, I de was definitely someone who needed help with that. Um, so having to put all the time into that definitely helped me there. And I think the um, the project that is your thesis, um, it's big enough to give you the experience that will help you go on the grad school, which I plan to do. Um, and I think that that will be very helpful for me in the future. Can I jump in a little bit and, and talk about one of the... the that I think one of the benefits is is community, but in a in a in a way that we haven't really touched on, which is, I mean, from my vantage point, I'm connecting with alumni all the time. They're they're still friends with their honors college colleagues. I mean, if you know, I'm putting together an alumni connection series, and somebody's like, Ah, I know who you need to talk to. Talk to Nick Laverty. Nick and I were just in touch. He's in the Foreign Service. Um, you know, talk to this person. Talk to that person. They're, 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 you know, I was just talking to so-and-so about what it was like living in Penobscot, you know, back in 2003. I mean, they're, the, the relationships that are forged among students, but also between students and faculty, and between students and staff, um, I think it's somewhat unusual. I have an amazing job um, because I, I get to be a dean, so I get to work, you know, um, with upper administration to think about how to um, how to advance the college and the university. But I also get to work really, really closely with students, and I think it's kind of unusual for a dean to be able to sit down with students to get to know them personally. Um, our associate dean staff members are deeply connected to our students and so are the faculty and that's just a it's not just a community of students it's a community of faculty staff and students and and the 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 relationships sustain over time and i think that's really powerful what else have you heard from alums about what this has done for their careers or their lives or their you know anything that they've taken from this and leveraged it in their life? Yeah, that's a great question because we're working on, we're, we're starting to kind of roll out this alumni connection series where alumni come and talk to students about, about uh, that's one issue is, you know, how did your honors experience sort of help, how did you leverage it or how did it help you find traction? Um, and I think it varies. I mean, there's a, um, we're doing a session in a couple of weeks and there's an engineering um, faculty member who's now the president of a company that does um, conferences and, and things like that. Um, he, he did work in the engineering sector for a while and, and, and is still kind of doing that, but in a really, really different way. Uh, we, I, I just spent some time talking to a student whose uh, work here, she, she graduated just a couple of years ago, her, her thesis here. Uh, which she is was in um, speech and language, um, and she uh, she did a thesis that had to do with a voice therapy for trans individuals, uh, and she is doing that kind of work now as a clinical fellow in Washington. Uh, and so there are sometimes people whose whose thesis sort of absolutely is a direct line to what they're doing now, and others whose whose research and work. Um, helped them 
uh, sort of launch or, or leverage other pathways. Um, and again, that, I mean, a part of what, part of what I think the Honors College strives to teach people is to, is to, to know what you're passionate about, uh, to know what you want to do, and to be um, flexible and adaptable. Uh, and so I think yep. there are lots of different pathways, but um, I think I have never, ever heard it said, and I, I had the privilege of serving as a dean at Honors College for seven years before I, I, I came here. Um, it's work I love. I, and I, I said it there and I'll say it here. I have never once heard a student say, that ah, was kind of not worth it. <laughs> never, right. ever, right. ever. What I have heard uh, people say on plenty of occasions is, I didn't quite make it all the way through and I wish I had, I wish I had persisted. Right, um, yeah. right. Future plans, initiatives, uh, you talked about the alumni work you're doing, but any, anything coming down the pike that, that you uh, care yeah, to share? We're, we're moving and shaking. All right. Um, a year ago, we weren't in Colvin Hall. So we, are, we, are, um, we were over in Estabrook. We had space in Colvin, but um, the, the, the move back to Colvin to kind of the, the living heart of the Honors College was really uh, partly about our desire to think about how best to forge those community relations and, um, and help uh, sort of the, the, that beating heart of the Honors College have a, have a space that felt right, and it, and it does. Um, so we're always thinking about ways of, of creating spaces, both physical and otherwise, that will help students um, achieve and, and discover and thrive. Uh, the, the, the biggest thing that we're working on right now is, um, is curriculum. Right. Uh, we, uh, which is to do that work requires a lot of time and attention and care. And so I've got a group of faculty who are really devoted to this. We spent about a, um, some of you may have participated in some focus groups we did last year. We did focus groups with about over a hundred current students, alumni, uh, faculty, staff. Uh, we took that focus group uh, information and data and out of that, we forged a new mission statement, which is really guiding how we're thinking about, um, about curriculum and co-curricular and extracurricular programming. And at the heart of, of that mission statement is helping students uh, develop as whole people. Uh, and I think what you're hearing from our students today says that you know, we're already on track with that, right. but that's what we're thinking about a lot. Um, so curriculum is the biggest is the biggest thing. Then we got lots of lots of initiatives, large and small. So. And I don't know if we're jumping the gun here, but I understand. Congratulations are in uh, order. Yeah. Thank you. Lara, uh, you you were named valedictorian of the university, correct? Yes, I was. Thank you. How does that, how does that feel? <laughs> um, it's definitely overwhelming, but it's really exciting. Um, I was actually really a little bit nervous when I found out because it's definitely big news to hear, but uh, the uh, past honors alumni, Dominique Despierto, was the valedictorian last year, and I emailed her, and I think within five hours I was on a Zoom call talking with her, so that kind of goes with Ellen's uh, talk about how the alumni stay close because they're able to help you and celebrate your wins. That's great. Well, thank you all so much for taking the time to share your stories with us. Appreciate it. Thanks thank for giving you. us thank an you. opportunity. Thank you. Thanks for checking us out. You can find all of our episodes on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud, UMaine's YouTube page, as well as Amazon and Audible. Have any questions or comments? Send them along to mainquestion at maine.edu. 
This is Ron Luznet. We'll catch you next time on The Main Question.